It is raw, cold-pressed juice. She is pouring samples as fast as she can. Just to give you a little bit of an idea of what you can expect here, one of the juices is Green Hornet, which is pineapple kale, cilantro, jalapeno, turmeric root. She's got also a Green Revival if you need a little pick-me-up. Celery, cucumber, spinach, lime, and salt. A vanilla cashew milk. That one sounds delicious. Cashews, dates, coconut butter, vanilla, and cinnamon. She's right in the door when you walk into Keg and Case Market. Hi, Michaela. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. I know you're pouring your samples, so keep at it. But Thank you. How did you find out about Keg and Case Market? You know, I read about it in a newspaper almost two years ago. And I told my sister, I think we need to try and get in there. And then my sister made it happen. Okay, so you and your two sisters are in the business. We are. We All three of us own it together. What is that like? You know, for the most part, it's pretty cool. Do you, like, have, like, separate jobs? Like, you're in charge of marketing, you're in charge of operations. How do you do that? We try and play to each other's strengths as much as possible and stay away from our weaknesses, (laughs) which we've grown to love and know over the couple of years that we've had it. Okay, so confidentially, what would you say a weakness is, Michaela? Of mine? Yes. (laughs) Details. Details, details, details. Does that mean you're like the creative person? The big idea. I'm the one who found Keg and Case, but my sister made it happen. She's the implementer. Did you do the graphic design? Because it's beautiful. Uh, We had a couple people do the graphic design. Cade Roy rebranded us a couple years ago, and she did an amazing job. And the person who designed our space is our good friend Clarice. Oh, Clarice happens to be here. She's helping with the opening. Well, I'm really excited for you. What, when you saw St. Paul, what was it that appealed to you? You know, we're actually from St. Paul originally. We all grew up in Roseville. We're a St. Paul family, really involved in the Winter Carnival. My dad used to be laborious. So oh, my gosh. We've been dying to get to St. Paul for years, and this is just a perfect fit. All right. Well, I'm really excited about your products. Thanks for talking to me, and have a great opening. Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen, Weekly Dish. I'm here on the Weekly Dish Bonus Podcast with Steph March and Ashley Olds. Hello. Hello, the Sweet Scientist, Sweet Science Ice Cream. You're open now at Keg and Case. The space looks beautiful. Thank you. I love the ice cream scoops. Was that Thank your idea? You. It was. The idea lived in my head for about seven years. And so it's really fun to see it in person and it worked out. How has it been coming from Minneapolis to St. Paul? Are you, because everyone's nervous about like, will St. Paul embrace all these Minneapolis people? Well, I'm a St. Paul girl. And um, I think we've got a lot of other St. Paul and Minneapolis artists here. So it's it's definitely a destination. So yeah. I think it'll be amazing. I think it's so cool for me. It's like, because I live in St. Paul and I can see coming here a lot. But I think for Minneapolis people, it really gives them, like, come on, drive over the river, people. It's not far. No, it's not. You can drive half an hour and still be in Minneapolis. 
So drive half an hour or less and be over in St. Paul. And it's lovely. Now, I know that you have like, I'm staring at your necklace because you have the same necklace that Stephanie March wears all I the do. time. Okay, I know you have like, how many kinds of vanilla have you made in your life? Like, didn't you have like seven or eight vanillas? How many got, do you have here? I think we've got seven or eight. We've got um, two here, our classic vanilla bean, and a honey vanilla made with worker bees honey. Oh, fun! And worker bee is also in the market. So All we right. use their beautiful basswood honey, and it's the first collaboration of the of the party. You know? I, you're here tonight. I know you've got other people coming in, but I just wanted to grab you. We're going to put together a podcast with some of the vendors tonight. So... Ashley, you're so great. Thank it's good to, you. See you. good to see you. All right, so it's the bonus podcast for the Weekly Dish, and I'm here with Stephanie March. <laughs> and I'm here with Stephanie Hansen. And we are at Keg and Case Market, which is on West 7th Street in St. Paul. Yep, it is the new, uh, it's the redo of the Schmidt Brewery Keg House. The old Schmidt Brewery down on West 7th, which is getting a total revamp, you know, in terms of beyond even what we are seeing today. You know, there's people who have been in here already, the Urban Organics people, you know, and uh, the Revel the Revel Greens guys, aren't they in here too? No, they are not. Okay. Just, just Urban kidding. Organics. But Urban Organics is, and that's wonderful. I guess I equate them as the same, which they're not. Not, not at all. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, so this is what's interesting. So today was the media preview that this is the, you know, we were here at the media preview and walking around and not everybody's completely done, but I think they're done enough, which is good for, you know, to get it open and get people interested in it down here. Okay. So when you walked in, what was your initial reaction? Had you toured it when it was? I've seen it in different stages. So I kind of don't, I didn't have like a shock moment. Because I, I was here earlier this week talking to the guys from 5 Watt, okay. the coffee bar place. Um, and so, and I had seen, I toured it before looking at some of the other things with Revival and those guys. But it's, I mean, beyond that, it is gorgeous and beautiful and really well turned. I think what they've done with this market is turn it into um, a bunch of little kiosks, which is what a market should be in my mind. And, uh, and so I think that that is something that is important to think about when you think about food halls and you need to have these kind of different independent kiosks it was really neat i thought the way that they curated everything in terms of the different types of vendors and that it just feels like there's a good variety the space was so beautifully laid out yeah, it has a nice feel. It's a, you know, it's definitely like a grid, you know, but you can kind of turn and twist and find different things around every corner. And they're not carbon copied. Like each of the little stalls has its own personality per the vendor. For instance, the uh, Forest to Fork is the mushroom guys. They're wow, here. was that incredible? Listen, you start on one side of it, and you're, it's like a little case, a deli case with a whole bunch of mushrooms, and you kind of see that. And then you turn the corner, and you realize they have an entire mushroom locker which is like a cellar where they're growing mushrooms off of spores, off of, uh, you know, these wet products. And right next to that is like Worker Bee, where you can watch the bees in this like glass cylinder. Yeah. That it's just really well thought out and very cool. Yeah. No, it's definitely, and they definitely put the, the personality into it. And so, you know, places like Spinning Wild has their stamp, you know, the cute little uh, cotton candy makers. Yep, with lots of different flavors. Yeah, and, and yet, and while it has that same sort of vibe and aesthetic, like Sweet Science, she just has that beautiful white clear yeah. thing that sort of lets her flavors kind of be the star of the show. And I just, I appreciate that they each got to play a modern vibe without being the same. 
because that's the problem is like when you get into these things that are the pseudo food halls which are just basically you know I'm sorry, but all they are are food courts. Yeah, Some of them. Like, like stalls, Rose, 10 like by Rose, 10 stalls. Well, they're, yeah, Ro- like Rosedale Mall that they're doing this thing. It's like, it's all one company that came up with all the concepts. That does not spark innovation and curiosity and uniqueness. No, that's a food court. But they call it a food hall. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, people don't know what the difference Because it's that whole thing. If they, all of a sudden you get a very cool term and people start to, like, want a piece of that, then they start to slap it on everything. It's like when they told us that there was local asparagus in December. And yeah. they're like, well, it's from a local company. Oh, really? Is that how that a local guy imported it from Mexico, so now it's local? Yeah. So it's it's understanding I must have that. missed that. That's outrageous. That was a couple years ago. I called it out. Wow. Okay. Good. I'm I glad did. that you did. Yeah, I called it out. So. Can we just talk about some of the vendors here? Because I was surprised. Like, I have never heard of Gasta and Enhancements. That's it's, the cheese company. It's it's so O Cheese is you know Haley and her husband who I can't remember his name right now, uh, they run the O Cheese trucks. Okay. And they also own the Dodo, you know the cookie, cookie dough, dough truck, truck. Okay. And at the Mall of America, but they specifically want it, and that's again that's that innovation, that's that entrepreneurial spirit where they have their grilled cheese trucks and they're like we want to do something more elevated, we want to do something cool, and so they're doing Bosque cheeses. And a lot of what Spanish is a Basque cheese? Basque Just from the Basque, Basque region. region and yeah, There's so only so Spanish cheese. Spanish cheeses, yeah. Huh. And, and they're doing like pinch toast, which are those you know little like it's a very Spanish like tapas bar. Basically, cool. is how you want to think about it. Yeah, they have a beautiful spread out for tonight for people to sample, and it looks really nice. Yeah. Uh, did you know about uh, is it knack the Nack, knockwurst Nack. people? I think they're calling it knock. Okay. As, of, as in like knockwurst. Knockwurst. Yeah. But so that is a place that is, they're doing, they're all local, they're a butcher, they're RB, they're again, that's, this is their first version of a retail outlet for them. Their meats looked great. Yeah, I tried a Lanza, which is a, a Lardo de Lanza, a Lanza de Lardo, which has had this beautiful fat cap, it's a ham with a gorgeous fat cap on it, and it just is that, oh, it's just luscious, it's just soft and beautiful. It's really good. I liked uh, Green Bee Juicery. I got an opportunity to talk with them, and we'll put that story in the podcast. Three sisters oh. that are from St. Paul, a family. They grew up in Roseville. Yeah. So I just think, oh, how fun for them right. to be here, and they're doing raw, cold-pressed juice. Mm-hmm. I, I want to just stress that this is different than really anything I feel like we've seen in the Twin Cities, don't you think? Um, you know, yes and no. I mean, if you think about Midtown Global Market, I think this is very much what it could have been. It's, could have. I know, but it's not, it's the same idea. Yeah. And my thing is that these guys were given maybe a little bit more freedom and a little bit more leeway to, to put their own personalities into it. And and I think they were given, you know, they had to, it wasn't approved by a bunch of people. That's the problem with the Mill Street or the Midtown Global is that there's, it's an incubator. Right. And so, but then that the, everything has to be approved by committee and there's a whole bunch of stuff involved with that where this is just a little bit more entrepreneurial. Um, just to go through some of the other vendors that are here, uh, Worker B, we talked about, uh, Bogart's Donuts, that's their, St. Paul is their first outpost here. Yep. Did you look at, um, in terms of the sit-down restaurants, there's going to be a revival outpost here. That's not pom- a sit-down restaurant, though. That's a take, a grab-and-go, and the Pimento, uh, kitchen is yep. grab-and-go also? Yeah, everything is counter-service except for In Bloom. Okay. And In Bloom is going to be the big, uh, you know, sort of corner table revival hybrid if you will, of Thomas Bamer and Nick Ranconi, and they're doing... I mean, if you looked at it, did you walk through it? No. Oh, you should go look at it. The hearth 
there's no the, the cooking line is the line that you see it is the hearth it is a massive massive like 12 foot long grill station that looks cool it's gonna this neighborhood is gonna smell like a campfire it smells like a campfire right now I from know. the pimento kitchen truck yum it's i think it's actually the revival smoker out here that's doing that oh but, really yeah um, and then Rose Street Patisserie, we've talked with John Krause, and he's had, um, he opened in St. Paul, mm-hmm. and here they're doing more confections, like chocolates, well, and... It's a pretty small space. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they'll have, yeah, they'll have, they won't, I don't think they, they didn't say whether or not they were going to bring bread in here. He actually said they're going to stick more to, like, the chocolates, yeah. the sweets. He has a caramel sauce, have I told you about mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I've had it. I've been eating it by the spoonful. Yeah, no, it's real good. If that's the only reason you came to this market, which it shouldn't be, but I mean, that's worth the drive alone. I'm telling you, it's like nothing I'd ever had before. Yeah. It was so good. It's so good. He's just, he's just wickedly globally amazing. But I think there's also, so, I mean, cause they, since he just opened up on Snelling, I think that's a bigger space that'll Mm -hmm. be more able to stock the things that they need to stock. So do you think, uh, that St. Paul is ready for something like this? Uh, parts of it. <laughs> Tell you, me more of what you think about that. Well, because you live closer to this, obviously, than I Yeah, do. I live pretty close. You live pretty close. And so, are you going to pop down? Yeah. Yeah. You will pop down. I think of your ilk will pop down. I don't think this... I have a hard time seeing the majority of this neighborhood enjoying like the, i don't i don't think in bloom is necessarily meant to be a neighborhood restaurant and yeah, i hope that people, more of a destination and, I, and that's okay like that's the other thing is like i hope people understand that not everything is built to be a neighborhood joint like some destination places that's part of the deal and we could kind of use some of that because we've yes. gone so gastro pubby and well, street foodie and more casual yeah. it would be nice to have somewhere a little more refined i just went to popovu and that's how I felt about that place. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? A- well, they. Well, that's interesting. It's the same thing where you have two parts to it, right? So, Popovu has Centro, which is a taco shop where right. everyone can enjoy, and you can pop in, you can have your tacos, but you're not going to sit down for a four course Mexican fine dining meal necessarily for forty five bucks. I, I had five courses. Deal. It was so good. I but, loved it. And that's what they have to think about with this. Like, you can pop in and come and get a roast beef sandwich. You can get Jamaican jerk kitchen. And I chicken, think we will. And you can get all that kind of. Stuff. You can get an ice cream cone. You can get a hot dog. And then you don't have to eat at In Bloom. It's not if you don't. I mean, like it's not like it's meant that you have to do both. Yeah. So I think yeah. maybe that's the success model. I mean, I know we dabbled with it a little bit, like Nighthawks and Birdie. You know, one side is more casual and one side is more refined. All those kind of things. Like, you know, the same things can work. Like Parlor and Burrow. Parlor now has spun off its own thing. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that can work. Um, you mentioned, uh, or just to digress one second, you went to Top Golf. Yes. Maybe we should talk about that in the show. Okay. Yeah. So we'll save that for yeah. the show. We'll just keep this kegging case specific. Yeah. Yep. Um, I want to make sure uh, that we got all the vendors mentioned. I think for the most part that we did. Um, the fla- the florist. That was a really beautiful space too for having a florist in here. I was, I didn't actually see it. It was really cool. It was like wood slats and it was really modern and fresh looking. And I was like, wow, to have 
a nice florist that yeah. you can just pop into. That's kind of nice too. We don't have anything don't like have that any? in St. Really? Paul. No. What about that place right over by you? That that by the French Hen. Isn't that a flower shop? Um, it's a flower shop. Yes, but it's pretty small. Oh, okay. And it is probably the only other place like that. <laughs> so good for you for calling that one out. That's really funny. You're smart. What did uh, Clutch Brewing is on the second level yep. here? Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, they're just a couple of guys who've been waiting to get their brewery going and. Did you have some of the beer? I haven't yet. No, I'm going to head back in and grab one. Yeah, it was pretty good. You know, you can only have the beer on the top level. Oh. You can't bring it down below, and that is something Uh, from a a permitting standpoint. But there's plenty of beverages and stuff down below. There'll be tap cocktails at Revival, and so you'll be able to have those there. You know, the cheese shop has wine and cocktails and beer. So you'll still be able to get a beer, but I think the brewing-specific because I think it's the whole brewery law thing. That, and then you can't move from venue to venue with your cocktail. That has not been ironed out. Oh, so if I'm sitting, so if I get a cocktail from Revival, but then my friend is eating something over somewhere else, I can't go join them at their table. That's correct. Okay. Now, whether that will get changed is unclear. There is some lobbying happen, but so huh. far it's very much why... like Midtown Global in that way. Well, Midtown Global, you can't even go anywhere. You can't even enter the market with... I mean, like, there's no full-service beverage outside of... Oh, I see the brewery. It'll be like that. Huh. Where each person's liquor license, you'll be contained in their space. (coughs) And you won't be able to move into someone else's space with said liquor. so stupid. I do think that St. Paul, if anyone's going to change it, it could be this. Yeah. They could um, err on the side of more friendly to the businesses just because this is the first of its kind and we haven't had a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Mm. I don't know. I was really impressed. Yeah, no, I think it's great and I think that there will be uh, I think that they will get a large amount of people down here. I think think the neighborhood's going to start to you know, maybe the pawn shop across the street will get some business. Who you knows? know, J.W. Hume's over there, too. You can she really? buy a $800 handbag and then go to the pawn shop. Oh, my God. The Growler <laughs> kids must be so psyched. They're just offices are right down the street. They, yeah, they actually moved. They're even closer. They have a new office that's just down the street here. They're literally less than a block away. I saw some of them here tonight. Crazy. Well, this is just the beginning, kids, because basically after this one, you know, there's, like we said, there's food courts masquerading as food halls that are going to start opening. But then, you know, we're waiting on the big one, which is the Andrew Zimmern one downtown Minneapolis. And isn't the one still across from Surly still on the books? It has not broken one inch Ounce of, ground, of ground. So yeah. that's the Malcolm Yards one. That is, I mean, like, and then there's also supposed to be one in the North Loop. So... Where's that? That one is down past, kind of behind... Uh, the Jaeger Club Jaeger area. Oh, geez. Yeah. So Where Zaccaro Produce was? I don't remember. There's like a big, there's a huge building yeah. that they have Whoa. identified as a, the spot they want, but I don't know if they have any money. But again, I think maybe they're all trying to see, like, how does it work? Well, I mean, Midtown Global Market is as, a, it's a tepid success. You yeah. You know what I mean? Barely. Yeah. But then, you know, you have, I mean, but then again, you, if you think about like the Hmong markets, those are all markets. Yes. Those are all actual food hall markets. And, and so, doing great. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, it'll depend. And I guess we'll see. Are we in the land of the food halls? I mean, places like Denver have multiple food halls. And why we're, you know, we're not as big as Denver, but we have a comparable sort of aesthetic. Yep. And the Seattle, which is very demographically like the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. We'll see. So there it is. There's our report from Keg and Case. West 7th. West 7th. And when does it officially open? Can people come tomorrow? It opens on Friday. 
Oh, Friday. Okay, so that's tomorrow. Yep. So check it out, and we'll be back. See ya.